Welcome to Dad Factors. And today in the show, we're going to talk about a multitude of things. Yeah, I got a couple things. It's been a little while. <laughs> been a minute. Yeah. Hang in there. We're, we got some, a lot of irons in the fire that we're not ready to bring to the forefront yet, but yeah, we've been pretty busy. Yeah, been a little busy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't think we've, we haven't done anything since at least the new year. Jeez, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. We're yeah. back in the saddle again, so to yeah. speak. 2022 will be a better year, I guess, than 2021. It will be. Yeah. It will be a better year. We'll see. Uh, and we'll get to all that in just a minute. But first, let's get that quote of the week. All right. Quote of the week. So it is, your life is too short to be unhappy for five days a week in exchange for two days of freedom. Your life is too short to be unhappy for five days a week in, in exchange for two days of freedom. That was a good memory. Yeah. Good job. Well, it's a good quote. Yeah, it is. And, and it's uh, also true because there's a lot of people out there that are not only miserable with what they do and they just tolerate it because of how much it pays. Yeah. But they miss out on a lot of things. I was just reading a, a post the other day. Uh, uh, somebody I know, her husband got a new job. And he's been in law enforcement for 15 years. Mm. And he just got out of it. Yeah. And, you know, he missed a lot of stuff over the years. In her post, she was saying that. Oh. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it kind of, it really resonated with me, so to speak. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. Um, because, you know, I've missed a fair amount of stuff, too. Yeah, I think anybody that, you know, either travels for work or... I don't know, doesn't have like a not normal nine to five, essentially misses a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're un, that's what I think the, the focus is, you know, is unhappy. Uh, if you're unhappy five days a week. Yeah. I mean, if you're happy, I mean, you know, they, there's that quote, you know, the, um, if you're, uh, I forget how it goes, but something like if you're, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Something like that, you know. And uh, I mean, that's what they say. If you're young and looking for a career, you should pursue something that you're passionate about, right? Something that you're totally interested in. Something you want to improve. You know, like a, a larger goal, larger than yourself. Um, because I think it's right. You know, I mean, you're too unhappy. You get stuck. And, uh, comfortable. Yeah. Which goes along with what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Being comfortable. So, yeah. You know, and also it, it'll, it'll take its, if you're not happy Mm. as a parent, it'll take its toll on your kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially kids that, you know, I mean, talk about life lessons. If you're, if your kids know that the parent is unhappy, Five days a week. What exactly are you teaching your kids? Right. Like to settle. That's what you're teaching them. Settling. Yeah. Or that's my life when I get older. Right. Because, you know, kids, they watch all that stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. I was reading this, uh, um, these books is called, it's called love and logic actually. And, uh, they talk about like just the things that kids observe a lot. Right. Like if you're a parent and you tell your kid to clean your room, but the parent's room is filthy, what are you really teaching your kid? Right. You're teaching your kid, 
I have to clean my room as a child, but when I'm an adult, I get to be messy. Do whatever I want. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's just those little, little things, but a, a kid watching a parent be unhappy, especially if they know. Oh, and they see it. Yeah. You know, if it just depends on what degree, but they do see it. Yeah. They see yeah. a lot more than you think. <laughs> oh yeah. I would imagine, you know, it, it would be, I'm curious, <laughs> I, I don't have this, but I'm curious uh, of a, of a child that grows up in a, in a family that their parents are extremely passionate about what they do, like super happy, feel like they're making a big difference. You know, like, I wonder if that's, I wonder what that instills in the kid. Yeah. You know, I wonder if they're like, okay, I'm going to find something I'm super passionate about. I've been wondering that the same thing, you know, when like, uh, entrepreneurial parents, you know, like if, uh, I don't know, let's say real estate, right? Like your kid watches a dad essentially build a small empire of real estate houses and they find out like my dad doesn't work nine to five. He doesn't, you know, or my mom doesn't work nine to five, whatever. Um, that's such an interesting, I I've never had that. Right. So it's, it it would be such an interesting change as a, as a child knowing that you don't have to go to, there's other ways to Mm -hmm. earn income. You don't have to go to work. Well, it goes back to like, um, if you're, if you grow up and you have a lot of stuff in your pantry, say, Right, uh, you know, candy and cookies and whatever. You learn moderation, uh, but if you don't have that stuff, you don't learn that. Interesting. You know, so most they they say that most kids that grow up without that stuff can't. Well, it makes sense. Okay, so I grew up. Like, you know, I went to I went to a school with a it was a um, a brother and a sister. The brother was a year older than the sister, and they weren't allowed to have any sugar until they were sixteen. And I was on the uh, basketball team with the brother. And uh, when he turned 16, I mean, it was like rumspringer, dude. It was off the wall. This guy would come to work or to work. He would come to school every day with a two liter of Mountain Dew. Plus like mm-hmm. just straight candy for lunch. You know, like just went crazy. But I, I mean, I could see that, you know, if you don't allow your kids something, I mean, they might. Yeah. So, you know, have that stuff. Go crazy at the end. Yeah. But teach them about it and hey this is what happens if you eat a lot of it right yeah and it's the same thing yeah that makes sense so all right well let's start the show if you've already done this thank you yeah we really appreciate it but if you haven't please subscribe to the channel Mm mm-hmm Right. And leave us a rating. Yes. And if you can, depending on the platform that you're on, uh, leave us a comment. So the ranking algorithm is is done by your subscription and your uh, reviews. And they report that back to the parent platform that the um, podcast is hosted on. And that's how our podcast is ranked. And so... Yeah, hook us up. Right, yeah. It, it means a lot to us. Maybe just a little bit of your time means a lot to us. And if you'd like to support us monetarily, you can log on to anchor.fm slash dadfactors, click on the support link, and fill out the information and support us that way. We have a couple people that do that already, and we really appreciate you. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Yep, you help us keep doing what we're doing. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd appreciate, I mean, anything. Uh, we Podcasting uh, equipment is expensive, and we try to treat our guests when they come on the show with, you know, drinks or food or whatever. And, 
yeah, if you could help us out, that'd be awesome. We'd really appreciate it. But no matter what, we really appreciate you guys listening. If you live in the Coeur d'Alene slash Spokane area and you want your windows clean, give Brandon's window cleaning a call. Yeah, they do a good job. They do do a good job. Yeah. We know that personally. Yeah, both of us. Yeah. 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 A little practice what you preach. My windows were crystal clear afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And they don't just do windows. You know, they do pressure washing, right, for yep. your driveway. Yep. Uh, roof moss removal. Right? Yeah. If you have one of those nasty roofs. Yeah. Where, you know, it's, it's just grown all, it's all over. furry. Yeah. yeah. They'll take it out. And uh, rain gutter cleaning. Yep. Which, uh, if you don't know, I mean, your rain gutters, like if they get full, I mean, they'll ruin... They'll do much more damage. Yeah. Soffits get wrecked, you know, and you get start growing mold mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, give them a call. They'll clean your stuff out for you. They do an excellent job on windows. I can attest to that. They really do. They look better after they're done. I think that they didn't. I bought the house new. You yeah. Know, I think it looked better by far. You know, you're just, you don't realize what you're missing until you have clean windows for sure. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and Brandon's Windows can be contacted at brandonswindows.com. Interesting second. intro. Yeah. 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 It's like you're having a second stroke there. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm tired. I, you know, switch to night shift and I can't go back to days very easily. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. I've, uh, on my first day off it's kind of terrible but i'll sleep I, I, i've found two ways to do it right one i feel a lot better but it, it sucks because you lose a whole day the one is you go to home stay up for a while sleep two hours and then jump back around on day shift but i feel like that i don't know everything feels like a dream because i'm so tired yeah <clears throat> the other way is go home go to sleep for about five hours get up and then because normally you know like if you sleep for five hours you can kind of function i mean that's when i was on day shift like five mm-hmm. hours of sleep is normally what i get and then uh but yeah so i'll get up like after five hours and then go to sleep not tired but i'll take like zequil mm-hmm. and sleep for like another eight and I wake up feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to try that one. Yeah, because, uh, you know, when I try to switch my schedule, I, uh, I just, I end up sleeping like three, four hours at a time. Yeah. And that's it. And then I'm awake for a long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so rough because like, you know, when I would do that two hour thing, I try staying up, but like I would lay down like on the floor watching TV or whatever with the family. And then my wife's kicking me like, you're snoring. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's yeah. a disability. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, so all right, you ready to dive into it? Yeah, let's so we got get into four this. four bullet points for today. And kind of how they um well, I mean, I guess it's kind of for parents, but also for for kids, you know, like we talked about in the intro, you know, kids watching their parents. So mm-hmm. um so the first one is and this one kind of it really hits hard for me. <clears throat> I would actually say one of the hardest out of these four for sure. But, um, it says the worst addiction in the world isn't alcohol. It's not sex. It's not drugs, not gambling. It's comfort. I knew you were going to say comfort. And so comfort, um, it's, 
I would totally agree with that because, well, I guess I, I would say I don't have an addictive personality, right? Like I've never really been addicted to anything as far as like, or I guess addictive traits, not personality. Um, you know, chewing, smoking, none of that. I've never been, I've tried it all. Never, never been addicted to it. Um, but comfort, I would say I have never been addicted to comfort except for like the last 10 years. Yeah. Or so. Yeah. And, um, I think I've told this story before, but you know, when I was in high school, uh, I, I worked or I was in school in a a priest river and it's a logging town. And if you get a job, if you got a job at the mill, the average or the, uh, minimum wage at that time was five fifteen an hour. The mill started at like $11 an hour. And so you'd go to work there and all of a sudden these 18 year olds are able to, they got brand new snowmobiles, dirt bikes, super nice trucks, you know, relative to an 18 year old. And, uh, <clears throat> you see that and you're just like, Oh my God, that's awesome. You know? And so more and more kids would go work at the mill. But the problem with that is you are 18 and now you're straddled with debt <clears throat> and you can't get out. Right. So, I mean, that's one way to look at it, but it's, you know, more money, more problems, I guess, more expensive problems, right? Like they say, you always adjust to your level of income. Um, but at that level of income comes a certain amount of comfort where you can't leave for anything, right? Like take where you're at right now, you necessarily, you can't really start over in a new career as a newbie because you can't afford it because I'll be 45 tomorrow. Oh, that too. (laughs) But I mean, that happens all the time, right? Like you look at like most military guys, they start over in their Mm forties, start a whole new career. Right. But, um, I mean, you can't, but they have that uh, benefit. You know, if you did 20 years of military, you have an offset income. Right. Right. So I guess it's not quite the same, but if you were to quit tomorrow and go work starting wage somewhere, yeah. Doing, I don't know, working in a mechanic shop or I don't know, I don't know, something, whatever. You probably couldn't take that financial hit. No way. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. Comfort is, I, I don't know. I feel like it's the enemy of personal growth, but yeah, but there's a difference between, um, uh, you know, comfort and, you know, financial gain. Yeah. I, I would say a big difference. So, um, like right now, I I make enough to be comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I'd probably be more comfortable if I made more money, you know? Maybe. Because that's... <clears throat> what I've groomed myself to be. And uh, let me ask you this. Would you say, let's just shift gears a little bit. Would <clears throat> you say that the most, how do I word this? The The best gains you've ever had in your life is when you stepped out of your comfort zone? Mm. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I've... <clears throat> Was I comfortable in basic training? Yeah, no. Exactly. But I stepped well, out of there looking like, you know mini Hercules. Well, so <laughs> I've, I've done like, you know, exercises in the past and the most I've grown, you step out of your comfort zone, right? Like joining the military, 
Yeah, so far out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, you, you have no idea what's in store for you. People can tell you till they're you know they're blue in the face. People that just went through it can tell you it's going to be different for every person. You're so out of your comfort zone. Um, taking you know a risk of a new job, you're out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, going to school. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, starting to date somebody, you're totally out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I would definitely say the the most uh, growth is out of your comfort zone, the which most growth, which right. goes into the next bullet point we have here, which is uh, your dream life is always outside of your comfort zone. And I mean, I watch like motivational stuff all the time, and they talk about that. You're not going to become, well, let's say financially independent, staying in your comfort zone of a nine to five job. You'll never do it. You, no. you, uh, yeah. I mean, if you're totally introverted and you want to date somebody, you have to, you have to be out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? Like depends on, you know, dream lives are relative, but, um, I don't know. I mean, retirement you're so out of your comfort zone when you retire. Yeah. Well, and the problem is, is that most people, um, you know, they, they like, like take our job, for example, you start out at a certain pay rate and you get incremental raises, mm-hmm. right? Over five, six years, however long it is. And what? Uh-uh. Oh, and then, um, you know, you, you go at first, I remember, I remember when I first got it, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm making so much money, making mm-hmm. great money. This is awesome. Um, you know, and then you buy a house and then you have kids Yeah. and then, you know, whatever happens, you need to buy a truck or a car or whatever. And, you know, now all of a sudden this money that you did make, even though that you're getting raises is disappearing almost faster mm-hmm. than it did when you first started. Yeah. Well, that's why I say like, you know, if you have more, more money, it doesn't necessarily mean you have less problems. You adjust to that level. I was listening to Mike Tyson that says, if people think that money creates happiness, those people have never had money. But again, I've heard like Dan Pena say, first you need to make money and then you become happy because you can't do anything without money. Like you can't save the world. You can't, you know, go save the, I don't know, dolphins without money. You can't clean up the ocean without money. Like everything takes money. He says, uh, uh, if they say money can't buy happiness, those people don't know where to shop, you know. But then, I mean, I don't know if Dan's ever been broke um, like Mike Tyson has. Mike Tyson went from crazy money to no money back to money again, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I I think that to each is their own um, with what creates happiness. But I think if people think that money is like the solution to everything, those people have never had money. Right. You know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you always adjust your level. If you, you know, say you went and got, you doubled your money right now. Who knows what kind of five years from now, who knows what kind of financial issues you'd have. Right. And that's what I was getting at with the raises is, is instead of most people, instead of taking that raise and investing it or putting it towards, um, making their net worth, I got a story about that. Mm. Uh, better, they just buy more stuff. Yeah, more liabilities. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't put money into assets, which I, I mean, I can see. You take, um, I don't know, 
you take somebody right now that's making sixteen dollars an hour, and then they get a job making say thirty dollars an hour. More likely than not, they start off with like, okay, I'm making all this extra money. Now I'm going to pay down my debts. Oh, my car sucks. I'm going to get me a new car. Um, I can finally buy the house that my girlfriend wants to get, you know, and then they buy this house. Fast forward like two, three years into that job. And they now can't afford to put money into, say, retirement. Yes. You know, because they've adjusted to that level. Mm -hmm. And so... I don't know. I think that's kind of funny, but yeah, that net worth thing is funny. Yeah. So, so my, um, I, I might've told, I think I told you the story. Yeah. My 10 year old, we're in the car the other day and he says, uh, I mean, just out of the blue, dad, what's your net worth? And it, it hit me hard. Like I go yeah. for, at first I was like, I go, dude, you don't even know what that means. Yeah. And he explained it to me, right? In layman's terms, he said, yeah, it's where you take all of your assets and what they're worth. You subtract what you owe on them and how much, and then you add how much money you got in the bank and Uh that's your net worth. And I'm like, well, you're not wrong. So I'll just tell you. So I told him. Yeah. I wonder, I'm curious on how many parents are uncomfortable with that conversation. I bet a lot. Yeah. But it's weird that I know that though. I I already knew what it was, you know? Um, it was weird to me, but it was like I was prepared for the question, but not from him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it's not like he's at school going, oh, uh, yeah, what's your dad's net worth? You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm you hope, sure, you hope not. I'm pretty sure 10-year-olds <laughs> don't do that on the playground. You, you'd hope not. Yeah. <laughs> my dad will beat up your dad. Well, my dad's worth more than yours. <laughs> what? <clears throat> yeah. So on to the next one. Um the next point we have here is if you want to improve your relationship, work on yourself first. And I think that any um, relationship advisor or counselor would tell you that exact same thing. Any. And that goes with relationships with, you know, in-laws or mm. kids mm. or your spouse or coworkers, anything. Yeah. You know, look inward. Yeah. Work on yourself. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely, I mean, if nothing else, you should definitely take time for self-reflection. Mm-hmm. You know, like, am I am I doing this right or whatever? Yeah. You should definitely work on yourself, yeah. But I think that's an, an important thing. I mean, especially to teach kids, you know? Like, I mean, you can teach that with anything, making friends, you know, coming to dating. Because I, mean, I can speak to that firsthand. Like, I did not treat... Uh, people that I dated very well <clears throat> when I was young. And I mean, it took essentially someone doing what I was doing to me to make me like, Oh, that really sucks. Yeah. You that's know? terrible. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah definitely self-reflection for sure. And then on to the last one that I got, which is, uh, this one hit pretty hard too. So, uh, slaving away at a job you hate isn't hustling. That will only drain away your energy and time until you're too exhausted to pursue your own dreams. That goes right back to the quote. I mean, really? Yeah. Say, yeah. say that one more time. Slaving, slaving away at a job you hate isn't hustling. Because I think a lot of people say, you know, like, I can work a ton of overtime or or whatever, you know, um, and pay stuff down or, or whatever. But if you hate the job, 
essentially it's, it'll drain away your energy and time until you're too exhausted to pursue your own dreams. Yeah. So you'll be 65 ready to retire going, what am I going to do? Well, you could do that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you wanted to, <clears throat> I, I've seen it all a lot, you know, where people are like, yeah, I'd like to start doing whatever. And, but they don't because it ties into that. I'm comfortable where I'm at. Right. Even though I don't like it. And, uh, well, it kind of consumes all my time. So a lot of that I think is laziness, right? A lot of it's being comfortable, but I think that, you know, it, it, uh, it sucks so much of your time away, mm-hmm. especially if you're considering it hustling. Like say you work, I don't know, a thousand hours, hours of overtime a year, which we know a lot of people that do that, you know, but if you hate it, geez, right. I don't know. That's it's, it's a rough life to live. Or if it morphs you into <laughs> just a sour, miserable person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, that draining your energy is a... Uh, real. It's definitely real. Well, we, I mean, we've talked about that before. You know, everybody that we know that's uh, <clears throat> really, truly become, like, independently... I'm not going to say independently wealth, wealthy, but, like, independently successful, I guess they've all had their back against the wall, mm-hmm. right? Like that comfort thing is a, is very real. Um, too many people get comfortable and aren't willing to take risks. Right. You know, uh, well, and I'm, I'm not, and I, I'm not saying don't make yourself comfortable. I'm saying be cautious. Yeah. Because you, you end up working yourself into a corner. Well, I'm saying don't be comfortable because you'll never grow. Right. But if that's not what you want, I mean, you know. I guess. I mean, they talk about, you know, in the workforce, uh, they talk about in the workforce uh, being comfortable. Some people, like, you know, for corporations to survive, they need people to be comfortable. They need those people that don't want anything. They need to be told what to do. Um. You know, they need that labor force. They mm-hmm. don't want anybody that pursues dreams. They want somebody that shows up to work every day, happy to be there, or at least comfortable enough to be there where they don't complain about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do their job, shut up, go home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that anything when it comes to comfort, man, I, I, <clears throat> I'd, n- name one good thing in your life that came from being comfortable. Uh, one good thing. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, if, if you can't do that, like, I don't know, dude. I don't think that comfort's very good. It's just time going by. You know, it can be it can be anything. Take an uncomfortable vacation. I bet you'll learn from it. Right. You know, take, uh, go talk to a relationship counselor. Bet you learn from that. But it's uncomfortable to do. Go talk to a financial advisor. Super uncomfortable. Right. Because you got to explain your story to a total stranger Who's going to be like, oh, wow, personal you've finances. made some mistakes. Yes. Yeah. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be 45 tomorrow. What are, you know, what do you do if some 28-year-old, 25-year-old investor is like, wow. You know, like, God, dude. Look at that budget. Yeah. <laughs> Someone made a couple oops. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. One good thing in anyone's life from being comfortable. I don't know of any. You know, you have to step out of your comfort zone to 
grow if, if you want to grow or 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 make good change you know positive change yeah yeah i mean i guess you could say like if you're just kind of one of those bots that I'll, when i'm 65 i'll be happy watching netflix i mean yeah. i guess that's a good thing that came from being comfortable right but yeah i don't know i i really that one hits me pretty hard that <clears throat> comfort not a fan but i say that but i can honestly save like last 10 years yeah you know i feel like you can kind of get beat down into comfort absolutely yeah you know like you've taken some risks put yourself out there got shot down for whatever right and i've said this before like um, when i was younger in my 20s didn't have wife and kids i if i didn't like where i was working i just walked away yeah i didn't care yeah no sweat off my back i was looking for a job when i found that one well i mean i've <laughs> excuse me i think it was rogan that was talking about that he said you know you have to take those risks when you're young because you can't do it with a family you, I mean, you like tomorrow, it'd be awful hard for the average person that's going to be 45 to walk away from their job with a, a wife and kids that depend on them. And so <clears throat> hopefully, doing all right over there, bud? Yeah, I don't know. Got a yeah. little allergies going on. Mm. Yeah, hopefully uh, parents kind of teach their kids that, you know, walk off the job. Don't stay and be unhappy because before you know it, you can't right you know you can't walk off you can't leave you're stuck give me a second (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh hopefully i can cut that one out but yeah yeah exactly and i you know (laughs) my younger self would kick my older self right in the balls Mm. he would yeah (laughs) he would look at me right in the eyes and say what the fuck are you doing what is your problem yeah you know well i mean yeah, you were there talking to Brandon Martin the other day. You yeah, know, like, ran into Brandon. Yeah, yeah that freaking guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's it's hard in the fact that you're like, oh my god, like this dude's so happy. Yeah, you know, just watching him be like, I mean, you know, he's talked to us. I don't think he frowned the whole time. He was no. smiling, laughing just the whole time. You can tell that dude's super happy. Yeah, and. uh but he's a story, you know, he's a, a success story on someone that was in a comfortable position that was like, yeah, screw this. I'm out. And right. took the leap. Yep. Started his yeah. uh, window cleaning business. And yeah. Now he's one of our sponsors. And, yeah. But yeah. being, being uncomfortable, you know, led him to happiness. Yeah. So, yeah. He but stepped I, outside I, of his comfort zone, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I was actually telling my wife, uh, here's another story. I was telling my wife about this, uh, girl I follow on um, YouTube. Her name's Katina. Her channel's Katina Eats Kilos. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But she's anyway. a, she's like a, a former physique, like bodybuilder. And uh, she went down to, she's from Spokane. She went down to Texas. And uh, I think she was visiting some friends or something like that. But she came back. She was driving back. And... Uh, she's always been told like, Oh wow, you can put away some food. She sees this. St- I think it was a steakhouse. She sees a steakhouse on her way back and, uh, swings on by orders this challenge videotapes. Herself. Like the old 96 er 
on uh yeah whatever it is on that john candy i I, I actually think it was like 78 or something it was a lot right anyways so she uh she videotapes herself eats it and uh, that was a couple years ago and now she's engaged to another guy on youtube randy santel who's another competitive eater and that's what they do now they're competitive eaters and they make youtube channel like youtube Mm -hmm. videos and that's their whole job but you're, you know, she put herself out there uncomfortable. Right. I mean, it's, it is not attractive to watch somebody competitively eat by enemies, <laughs> you know? I mean, so it's, it's, uh, I don't know. You got to have, uh, I, I was watching, uh, the cast from always Sunday in Philadelphia. They talked about how bad season one was. Now, we can speak to this, right? They, they were talking about how bad season one was. You got to how awkward it is to have a camera pointed at you. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, how you're, you're not really, um, you're under expressing yourself. You're like censoring yourself down. Right. And, uh, the camera really shows that is what he was saying because you're, you're so uncomfortable. He's like, you watch how people grow into their characters or, you know, they, they really let themselves loose. They over exaggerate, how they normally are. And that's what like people love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, just opening up, you know, stop censoring yourself is, is so hard to do. And she's a prime example. Like I put myself out there eating this steak, looking terrible, you know, and now that's, that's your job. Talk about an awesome job though. You go around the, the U S and eat food. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. As a guy who loves food, that job sounds awesome. <laughs> I, bet, I bet COVID <laughs> kind of shut that down though. Not really, man. No. Really? Yeah. So, um, I used to <laughs> I used to think I could pack it away, but I am not even close to those guys now. Anymore. No, I uh um well, JT, he was a guest on the show. We did like a little like a uh, Taco Bell. It was like a timed challenge. And I forget what the the order was. It was a decent amount of food, but you were supposed to do it in like she did it in like 7 minutes. Right. And I was like, Oh, I can beat that. <laughs> I couldn't, <laughs> I, I think I did mine in like 14 minutes or something like that. But Probably didn't even finish. I did. I did. <laughs> I had my, my wife was swinging by talking about, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to try this challenge. She's like, you gotta be kidding me. And, uh, yeah, no, she watched me and she's like, this is just disgusting. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Hey, those Olympics, those winter Olympics, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Those winter Olympics. Very interesting. Which Canada part? and USA men's hockey are out. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Last I saw, the uh, U.S. men's curling team was still in. I don't know if that's still the case. That was yesterday, I believe. Yeah, I haven't seen any today. But. Yeah. but Definitely yeah. worth a mention. It's interesting. The Olympics in China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess they have... Uh, very low viewership. Yeah. Well, rating. You, you look at the Olympics, it's weird because you'll see like the downhill skiing ramp, right? And yeah. everything looks all Olympic and uh-huh. everything. And then like in the background, there's nuclear reactor looking silos. Mm. <laughs> it's I so weird, dude. That's funny. And it's like gray and dismal looking. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. Well. <clears throat> anyway, just... <laughs> thought I'd bring that up. Bring up the nuclear reactors of China. But yeah, remember, <clears throat> if you want to 
better yourself, you got to step outside that comfort zone. Yeah, which I mean is, it definitely takes bravery, man. Goes for everything. Like it's so easy to come home and sit down on the couch, or mm-hmm. do other things. Well, yeah. I mean, you talk to you, you listen to any of these guys. You talk to any of them, and how much time it took to dedicate. You know, like if if they had a nine to five and they created a business, let's say how much time and energy they put into it. They're like, okay, I'm off work now. And now I go home and I put in another five to six hours. Right. And yeah, I mean, that's, it sucks for sure. But the chance of doing something better, uh, I don't know. Might be worth it. Might be, but at least you're growing. I mean, probably the most uncomfortable thing I've done. Cause I hate public speaking was I, I ran for city council. I mean, I lost, <laughs> but I met a ton of cool people that yeah. I still talk to today. You know? Yeah. So uh, well, and if you even if you look at Brandon, yeah, he stepped outside of his comfort zone, but now he's doing well. Mm-hmm. He's all smiles. He's happy, and above all, he actually looks comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you can you can say comfortable. You know, looking comfortable looks happy. I guess. I mean, he he's definitely happy. There's well, no he's way happier than that. he was. That's for sure. You know. Yeah. But he 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 figured out a way to you know get him out of the nine to five, set his own schedule. And but I mean, you talk to we've talked to a lot of people that it took them stepping out of their comfort zone. You don't talk about that, uh, um, Nick Beveridge, mm-hmm. riding around on a scooter. Yep. You know, like yeah, with like um, ten bucks or something in his yeah. pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it would have definitely been more comfortable. Or or easier, I guess, um, to go swing by a fast food joint and start working there, you know. But that's not what he wanted, right? So, I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, comfort. I feel like I can't name one good thing that comfort ever led to. <clears throat> if anything, it's probably taken you know it's taken stuff away from people that at least work shift work. You missed a lot because you're comfortable and don't want to take a risk. Yep. Yeah. So. And 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 the more, the more you, the longer you do it, the less you want to take that risk. Yeah. Well, I think it, uh, that kind of yeah, it uh, it, it definitely wears on you, right? Like, a I think you forget the like aggressiveness that you used to have of like job searching or, or looking for other opportunities, let's say. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, like you kind of, I think you maybe lose faith in yourself. Like I don't feel nearly as smart as when I did when I was like fresh out of the military and fresh out of college right. and stuff. Like I've become comfortable for so long. I feel like I forgot so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I told you I, I took a practice, practice LSAT the other day <laughs> It made me feel ridiculously stupid. So your career <laughs> as an attorney is not well. I mean, you can study for it, but again, it's are you willing to step out of your comfort zone to do it? Mm-hmm. And I had to do a lot of self reflection, but I don't want to go back to school. Well, I was just talking to my oldest son about this the other day. He's like, uh, "I go, dude, you got to work out because oh. he's in hockey and doing yeah. all the all the cool stuff." And and uh, it was one of his off days for hockey, and I'm like, "Dude, you got to work out, man." And he's like, well, I want to go play Fortnite with my friends or whatever Mm. he wanted to do. And I sat him down. I'm like, dude, if 
if that's what you want to do, then work out first. Mm. I go step outside your comfort zone. Mm. Get over here. Let's get it done. Yeah. And you'll feel better about yourself. Mm. You'll, when you step back out on the ice, you'll be that much more strong. Mm. You know, you'll, you won't lose anything that you've gained, certainly. Mm. And, um, you know, he did it reluctantly. I don't think he got the message Mm. of stepping outside of his comfort zone as much as I wanted to convey it. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like, uh, God, if you're going to be in a contact sport, working out is pretty important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought he broke his arm the other day. Yeah. But I mean, you know, uh, <clears throat> working out in every way, uh, you talk, uh, you talk to like NFL guys, hockey guys. They say one of the most important things you can do is yoga, like yeah. strength training, yoga, stretching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, increasing speed, you know, doing stuff like that. Those are all super important. So they prevent energy, uh, injuries and, um, yeah, I, I watched this one thing, um, a couple of years ago, they talk about what you should do as a, a young man. And they said that the younger you are become, you're, you're able to become physically fit a lot easier than you are when you're older, mm-hmm. which I can attest to. But they said that it's a lot easier to stay physically fit than it is to try and get physically fit the older you get, right? And so, um, yeah, if you can instill working out in children, that's definitely a skill set to have, right. you know, especially when when you think about working out, you know, 24 hours in a day, you sleep eight of it, you only need to work out for 30 minutes to an hour, right? you know, and uh, so there's a lot of time for Fortnite, in a day. Well, I mean, you know, not to him because he's got school and all yeah, this yeah, other stuff. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. The, my point to him was, yeah, you might want to go do the thing that makes you comfortable mm-hmm. and feel good. But if you want to better yourself, you got to do this too. Yeah. So. I was watching an interview with uh, Kobe Bryant the other day. And uh, he was talking about when he was in high school. He wasn't like he wasn't ranked, and then two years later, <clears throat> he was the number one player in the state. Mm. And he said that it was simple mathematics. He said that um, the average person that he was talking about basketball, of course, but he said the average person that uh, plays basketball does practice maybe two times a week, and those practices are about an hour and a half. He's like, when I knew this is what I wanted to do, I worked out on the court three hours every day. And he's like, I went from being unranked to the number one player in the state because of that, you know, that, uh, motivation, yeah, motivation that, Mm -hmm. that drive stepping uh, out of his comfort zone and getting out there. Yeah. But I mean, you find out what you're passionate about, right? Like that dude knew he was passionate about that, worked out three hours every day. And they talk about, you know, um, like Michael Jordan, you know, uh, Kobe, all, all these guys, they, are the first ones there. They're the last ones to leave. And they, they have that mentality. No one will outwork me, you know, which is, it's awesome. Yeah. So you take these guys that are like naturally gifted and, uh, like some guys like don't show up to practice and stuff. And you wonder how much better they would be if they were at practice, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I want to bring it up, but I'm not going to. Oh, comfort. What? 
a certain football player that didn't show up to films and didn't show up to, you know, certain other things and was essentially a one-hit wonder. Oh, oh, Kaepernick for his first season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a touchy subject to most people because they don't know the whole story. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, but I mean, again, that's that's who knows what that dude could, what his career could have been. Yeah. You know, because I mean, he came out and his first year was like, oh wow, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. But then he stopped, like but you when, said, like showing up to practice, yeah. and stopped watching tape, stopped doing all this other stuff. Expected to rely on that first year mm-hmm. essentially. And when you're in the elite of the NFL, elite, yeah, you know, you're they're going to study films on you. They're going to know what mm-hmm. your next move is. Well, a, a prime example. Look at Adrian Peterson. Like he came out his first year, he was unstoppable. Mm-hmm. But then they started like, you know, double teaming that guy, Yeah, you know? And I mean, he still had some awesome plays and stuff, but uh, for the majority of it, if they knew like he's active and he's healthy, like he was only averaging like seven yards, you know, like And they come up with a game plan to stop you. Yeah. And if you don't come up with a new game plan to counter their stopping game plan, then you're screwed. Yeah. And that's a prime example, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, definitely has natural talent for sure. Yeah. But- yeah, you stop practicing, you know. You you get comfortable, like we're talking about. You mm-hmm. get comfortable, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm that good. I'm that good. Yeah. And, yeah, ultimately you wind up not playing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think that was good. Anyway, a little uh, short um, get back into the flow mm-hmm. segment today. Yeah, don't be comfortable. Parting words of wisdom. Well, could be. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, see ya. Be sure to tell your friends about the show. 